Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is 7-11. Make a wish. On Tuesday, October something or other. Probably October 4th, right? It's good to good to be with you. Man, I screwed up this morning. And I didn't pray when I got out of bed. I was like so gung-ho about the speaking and like going to work, quote-unquote, that I left the Lord behind. You know, and then my attitude today was a little more poor. You know, some of the things, I struggled a little more to stay focused. I struggled a little more to be grateful. And that was not cool. So while I'm medit- I didn't realize it until I started meditating. And then as I was meditating, I'm like, man, something's off. Like, something is weird. Like, I'm just not the same person today that I was yesterday. And I believe yesterday, by taking that moment to recognize something bigger than myself, by taking a moment to practice gratitude, by taking a moment to acknowledge my weaknesses, it set me up to be successful. Like, it's, it's hard to describe, but it was just a mentality. It was a mental state, and I was lacking that this morning. So I spent a little bit of time meditating uh, during the meditation session, praying, uh, and then the rest of it was practicing the Vipassana. Now, I have been double dipping, or should I say I've been trying to double dip, because there is not enough time in the day to get everything done, right? Like, I am sure we have all experienced this. Many of you probably have kids. Uh, many of you have multiple obligations. Maybe some of you are dead broke. You're working three jobs. I don't know, okay? But the idea of getting more done in a day and how do we do it, especially when you know something like meditating, you could argue, well, that's a whole hour that I should be doing something else. Here's the thing. My back PT had been taking me a while, right? I have changed it to now when I meditate, I'm squeezing my abs the whole time. Like if I get distracted, I go back to squeezing my abs. I mean, I also focus on the breath, but I just squeeze them, squeeze them, tighten my core, pull my belly button towards the spine. And I'm not going Mach 10 because I've had three hernias. I've had two in the groin, one in the belly button. And I sense that one of them is like possibly back. I don't know. You see those advertisements on TV for like, oh, the mesh. Like if you had this mesh from the hernia repair, like da 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 da. And it's like, oh shit, that was me. I got the mesh. This is like back in 2000 and uh, probably 2002. Yeah, 2002 was my first one, my first repair. And so, and since then, you know, I've went way overboard with the lifting. Uh, if this is your first episode, uh, I got into powerlifting for a while, uh, got into bodybuilding, and I just trained like a mad dog. Like, there was nobody in the gym who worked harder than I did, uh, and who took it more seriously, who uh, attacked it with such intensity. The problem is, you know, I was a hero in the gym, and I didn't save that, that all out mentality for the competitions. Right, so I ended up hurting myself because you spend a lot more time training than you do competing. So that's that's my two cents on that. But ah, the double dipping is is working well. I'm, I'm liking it. I'm trying to think if there's another area where I double dip. I'm pretty sure there is. But where I dropped the ball yesterday was coming home. So the wife had dinner ready. You know, praise the Lord, pretty awesome. Uh, trying to been work on our. <laughs> we've been working on our chore allotment you know like who should be responsible for what and i really want a chore list but she does not want a chore list i think because then she'd be forced to admit that i do more chores than her but maybe not she says it's because growing up her brothers uh had a chore list like her siblings 
and then her brothers would not do the chores, and then the sisters would have to do their brother's chores. Pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. No wonder she's such a hot mess, right? So, the point is, she, I come home, dinner's ready. She likes to have dinner early. Uh, says it helps her sleep better. And, she, you know, the girl's just hungry. When she's home alone during the day, she's not She's not really eating a lot. I don't know. She, not, she takes care of herself, but she, she neglects the food piece. So, I was hungry, too, and I'm like, yeah, let's just go for it. It's 5 o'clock. Let's eat. Well, after that, you know, you're, you're stuffed, and then it's from eating. Okay, let's go out and take a walk together. And then, so I never end up shooting the bow, right? And shooting the bow for me is not only is it something that helps me become a better hunter, right? Like you have to do it to be a good hunter. Like you can see all the deer in the world that you want. Well, actually that's not true, right? You're going to see all the deer. You could see all the deer in the world, but it does not mean you're going to harvest one. And this weekend was a great example, right? Like I come up, I find the fresh cut cornfield amongst all the other cornfields. Cause I, I, what I did was I, I look for the hot sign. So I try to, I bounced from public peace to public peace trying to find the hot sign like where are they eating where are they browsing uh where's the, the the scat you know where's the tracks and the first place i checked was the apple trees early season you always want to be looking at the apples the problem is the apples have all dropped for the for the vast majority of trees where i did find some apples uh the, the wind would have been really tough it's in the corner of a field the wind direction that day was kind of swirling and in the corners of fields it's notoriously terrible. I mean, really, really bad because wind is like water, okay? Like, you got to think about air as water. When it comes over the treetops, it curls down underneath. If it's going at the trees, it smashes into the tree line, bubbles up, and then wraps back around to curl over. It creates this vortex. So, really, really difficult to hunt in those field edges if there's any sort of a wind at all. The apple tree barely producing hardly any sign most of those apples had fallen but the hickories interesting the uh, acorn situation this year terrible terrible mast crop but uh, as a result of the lack of apples i assume and also the lack of acorns the deer are getting into the hickory nuts and i i never believed that deer really did that but so i found that i found some sign there i found some good scat but didn't seem like a place i could really pull off hunting just kept check bouncing around the public land kind of checking things out ended up seeing a fresh cut cornfield just one little sliver of fresh cut corn the rest of it was still up i'm like all right this is the money spot uh, that was on a state beach or a state park so i had to go up and get a permit came back you know parked there early because i didn't want to duke it out with other guys and i start whistling right i'm walking around acting like a hiker because i'm still so early it's, you know, it's like 2 30 you know two o'clock like you know, deer typically are coming out right before dark and I, I get around the back of the cornfield, and boom, there's three deer browsing, eating the corn. Holy shit. And at this point, it's like three, you know? So I, I bumped them out of there, but they didn't seem too agitated. Like, the fact that I was whistling and stuff, acting like a hiker, I think really helped. The problem is, I get back, you know, I get my bow and everything, and I go back over, and I, I try to get set up. And I can't fucking choose a spot to save my life. I sit down in one spot, then I go to the next spot that's like two yards over, and then I move to a different tree, and then I go over here. And I'm sitting on the ground the whole time, but, you know, I'm breaking sticks, I'm getting pissed, my throat, you know, from being sick. And I wasn't smoking, but my throat was so fucked up, I ended up coughing a bunch. And then I finally get settled after all this hoopla, and the wind changes direction. So now it's blowing directly to the deer. And that's been, my, that's been my Achilles heel, right? Like getting set up and not being able to adjust on the fly. 
So I didn't see any deer that night. Uh, next day, same thing. Get in there, bump some deer, different spot. Get in a tree that's too skinny. Uh, some turkeys come through, big fat tom, big nine inch beard on them. Really, really cool. If you don't know, turkeys have this like mutated feather. It's like a hair or something. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like a paintbrush and it comes off the middle of their chest. And a little Jake, like a young juvenile male, that paintbrush is only like one or two inches long and maybe about the diameter of like a, a grown man's thumb. But the older, more mature birds, now this beard will get to be like nine, nine inches, 10 inches. You know, a really old bird might be like a 12 incher. That's a freak. Um, and at that point, the paintbrush is, you know, as thick as a man's wrist. So this big fat tom comes and his beard's swinging. And, but they peg me immediately. Like I'm in this tree that's way too skinny. I stand out like a sore thumb. And, you know, needless to say, no deer come through. When I'm climbing down from the tree, a deer was right behind me. And, but it was dark. I couldn't have shot him anyway, even if he'd come through. And so I bumped him out of there. I had trouble sitting still in that stand. But the point is, where, I'm, where I was going with all this was even if a deer had walked through, there have been seasons where I didn't shoot my bow until the day of. Because with a compound bow, you can kind of get away with that, right? There's sights, there's a trigger. It's like shooting a gun in some ways, in some respects. But what will be foreign to you is when you go to draw that thing. You go to draw that bow, and you haven't worked those muscles in that movement pattern for a full year, and it's a disaster. It just throws you mentally right off your game. So I listened to a guy named Andy May on a podcast called Wired to Hunt, and he is a public land slayer, kills massive deer in very difficult spots, and does so with very limited time. You know, he's a family man, and, and he works, and so he only puts in a few days each year. What separates him from the crowd is not only his scouting, not only his years of experience, not only the tactical nature with which he approaches the sport, but he shoots year-round, hundreds of reps from all different situations, sitting, standing, twisting, leaning, bending, up high, down low, on his knees. And he has said that, you know, there are other guys that he believes are better hunters than him that can't seal the deal. You know, he ends up with the big buck and they don't because maybe you get a split second window of a buck passing through the one gap in the branches at 35 yards and you got to be able to make it happen right then. And if you haven't been shooting, you're only comfortable to 20 or you don't know the tra trajectory of your arrow to be able to arc it over that one little limb or that one little twig that's in the way, that deer is gone and like tough shit for you. So I tried stepping it up, but I think what happened was my my ego again like hunting season became all about me um you know I, this is my year i'm gonna shoot a big buck i'm gonna fill all my tags burr, 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 burr. and so then you go into it and when it's all about you well you you make all the same mistakes right like you're not being humble you're not willing to try new things you're not thinking about all the advice you've gotten through podcasts or or fellow hunters and so that's what that's what happened to me i think this weekend my, i'm gonna just keep my fingers crossed that by making all those mistakes moving forward i'll be ready my foot is in a boot. I have a stress fracture right now. Probably shouldn't have been hunting at all. Probably should have had my leg up, you know, sitting on the high counter, uh, you know, supporting my wife and my mother as they are doing the apple pie filling, as they're canning the applesauce. You know, I could have helped with the peeling, the cutting, the running the boiler outside, you know, the big turkey fryer that you put the big kettle on, boil water for the canning when you're sealing the jars. But, you know, I didn't. And now this weekend, my old man's coming to the house. He's going to help us do a little work. So I'm not going to be able to take it easy. The question will be, 
Sunday, Monday, Columbus Day weekend, am I going to go out deer hunting? I think the answer is for Sunday, like, I, I need to go to church, man. Like, I, I need to stay home. I need to do my morning routine, just like always. Go to church at 11, come home, and then put my foot up. You know, maybe I'll do my meal prep. Maybe I'll do some school stuff because I'm at the house. Uh, but I need to take it easy. And then, and then Monday, you know, having all day Sunday to prepare my equipment, you know, pull out my clothes, this kind of stuff. And then Monday, go out and just have some fun. Just see what happens. Try to take it easy with my foot. Uh, I did work this morning. So here's the morning routine, you guys. I'm getting up at 4 a.m., taking care of the dog. And then by 4.25 this morning, I had my cup of coffee, you know, half decaf, half caffeinated. And I was finishing up that speech, Les Brown. And I was typing it up. I got my next speech picked out, Tony Robbins. It's like an hour and 28 minutes. But the intro was like five or six minutes, you know, somebody talking about Tony. I'm not 100% sure what the end of it is. So it's a little long, but whatever. So what, it takes me three or four days maybe to get through it. You know, I'm getting through like 25 minutes in a 30-minute period, you know, or 20 minutes in a 30-minute period. That's like the conservative side. Like, I think today I managed to get through... 35 minutes in 35 minutes just because I had practiced it from the day before, right? Like, I kind of knew what I was doing. But I, I had some, some thoughts, and I, I tried to banish them during the meditating because I realized, again, it was about my ego. But now in the car, just kind of eating my breakfast sandwich before talking to you guys, I realized that if I put in half an hour a day to get to a full work week, right? Like a full 40-hour work week, I need to work 80 days. And let's just say, for the sake of, again, being very conservative, that I work four days a week. You know, there's holidays in the school year, there's superintendent's days, there's, you know, personal life. You know, just stuff happens. So let's say I'm able to work four days a week. Well, that's two hours a week. And I need to get to 80. And so, uh, 80 hours. No, 80 sessions. Oh my gosh, dude, the math is so bad right now. I'm really, really sorry. Half an hour a day, 80 days to get to 40 hours. I'm doing four days a week, 80 divided by four, 20, 20 weeks. 20 weeks is five months, November, December, January, February, March. By the end of March, I put in a full 40-hour week on this endeavor. And I think that if you were like, all right, here you go, it's Monday, you got 40 hours, put something together. By the end of the week, and I had no other obligations, by the end of the week, I'm going to have a banging, banging speech. So, I, you know, it's just like, okay, and you know what? Let's say I spend all five months and I get one speech. Well, the reality is a lot of that five months won't be the speech. A lot of that five months is going to be analyzing these speeches. It's going to be collecting the quotes. You know, it's going to be getting my flow. And it's only going to get easier and faster from there. Like, I don't know if I'm going to need all that time. I might be able to get it done way sooner. I am going to need all that time if I can't quit fucking smoking. I ended up smoking last night. You know, wife's all excited. She wants to go up and canoodle upstairs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And I do think that not smoking, she feels more confident, safe, and secure. Like, I think maybe because she doesn't feel like she has to, uh, you know, be the one who's ready for anything, like in those cases, right? Like, if I'm all fucked up, you know, I, I drop the ball on certain things. Little things slip. Little things escape me. And so maybe she feels like she's got to carry the weight of the team. She'll never say that, right? Because she, she wants me to smoke. She likes it when I smoke. What she doesn't like is me vacillating back and forth. So, you know, the very start to that kind of romantic endeavor of hopping in the shower, it was a little weak. Like the, the flow had changed, right? She's in the shower. She's naked. She wants me to come in. 
I'm like, oh, I'll be right back. I'm going to go smoke. So it's like, put the halt on that. And a guy emailed me today. Uh, I don't know if he used an alias or not, so I'll just call him John. And he talked about how he's like the only one in his friend slash family circle who smokes. And he rolls these joints, and it takes some time to roll the joint, and then it takes some time to smoke the joint. And he does it like three times a day. So he's away from his family a lot. And even though he's functioning, he's, he's been doing it for 12 years, you know, he feels like he's not all there for his family. He doesn't remember shit, right? Like, forget stuff day to day. And that is me to a T. I don't remember diddly squat. Whoa, giant doe. Giant doe. That was a fatty. I'd shoot that deer all day. Um, right here by the side of the road, too. 727. Headed back to bed is what it's doing. Um, he, you know, he's... He's like, man, I don't know what to do. He's got all the excuses, right? Kind of like me, pop culture, for example. The world is so fucked up that, like, who I am as the warrior, who I am as the outspoken, impulsive, like, go-getter style guy, like, I don't really fit into modern-day living, I guess, right? Like, I, God bless my poor little kindergartners locked in this concrete box all day. I take them out, though. I took them out yesterday. Had him play with the old uh, kickballs for a while. One girl cried the whole time. Her home life's a mess. She, at the drop of a hat, you know what I'm saying? If she gets told no or something she wants, she doesn't get. She's just whining and crying. Mama, mama, mama. One time she cried for 35 minutes straight. I'm on the nature trail. 35 minutes of crying and screaming. And here's the thing. She knows she's doing it, right? Like, it's deliberate. And I'm, I'm not... And it's not because I'm mad. Like, I, and I say that because I'm not upset in that moment. Like, there's no rage. There's no sadness. There's no frustration. All right? Like, I'm still calm and cool. Like, I've, I've seen the worst of the worst when it comes to kids. So that stuff doesn't spin me up. The thing is, so, so anyway, the point is, because that stuff doesn't spin me up, I feel like I'm pretty discerning when I'm looking at a kid. Like, is this for real? Is it not for real? And with her, very much is not for real. Like, it's just been her go-to. She's always gotten what she wanted that way. And her home life, like I said, is a fucking mess. And so I, I don't hold it against her, right? She's just trying to survive. And she's getting better about it. But anyway, by the end of the day, I was cooked. I was just straight up C-O-O-K-E-D, cooked. So I tried podcasting when I left, and it didn't work very well. Like, I just could not put shit together. So... Uh, getting ready to pull in school right now. Today, on the way home, rather than trying to podcast, I have downloaded some podcasts. I downloaded a couple of testimonies. I downloaded some, what I hope are some stories of other people who were struggling in life or uh, felt like something was missing. And then through the grace of God, you know, was able to turn things around and around a much better trajectory. You know, in theory, that's what the testimony is going to be. I don't have any idea. I've never listened to them. First time doing it. But, you know, I, I, I suspect that, that it'll be along those lines. And that's a really healthy thing. Like I said, I did Wim Hof at the end of the day at school yesterday. That was really nice. If I can do that for two weeks, maybe I'll send our wellness coordinator an email and uh, offer that kind of to everybody, see if more people want to do it with me. Um... I sent the email about the lesson filming. Everybody's on board. So I sent it to our director of curriculum and instruction to see if she had any feedback for me. And yeah, just attacking life, just trying to get after it. And I hope you are too. I hope you're doing the right thing. I hope every day there's something, you're just tweaking it a little bit. Just just one little thing that you're doing better today. And if, and if you don't do something good for yourself, 
Uh, what I'm realizing is what, what God is teaching me is to have compassion for others. Well, I, I tend to think that everybody's stupider than I am. I tend to think that I'm the only one with problems, and that is so, so not true. So if you can't do it for yourself, do it for somebody else today, okay? Uh, remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.